0: Welcome back to the Don Cowboys podcast presented by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they are our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops. Local businesses have been there on your team supporting you in your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look at the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, the official partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And today is another episode of the Crossover Podcast. Where we spoke with Aaron Freeman of Locked on Falcons to prepare you for the team's upcoming game uh, in week two against Atlanta. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to that interview right now.
1: So, guys, we are back for another crossover Thursday. Of course, I'm Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons, joined by my cohort from the NFC East from Locked On Cowboys, Marcus Mosher, one of the two hosts over there. Shout out to Landon, who is not with us today. But we are going to be talking about this upcoming week two matchup between the 0-1 Falcons and the 0-1 Dallas Cowboys, both of these teams Didn't get off to the start that they were looking for this season, but hoping to sort of bounce back and not be one of those teams that are constantly getting talked about. Starting off 0-2, where pretty much everybody's throwing dirt on their grave in terms of their playoff chances. Marcus, I'm sort of curious in asking you, who do you think? wants it more this upcoming
0: week Ah, that's always a a great question for early in the uh, you know early in September right who wants this game more but you're right the numbers have shown over the last couple decades that if you start 0-2 the odds of you making the playoffs are pretty low so uh, you never want to say that a week two game is must win but it certainly feels that way Aaron doesn't it it
1: does it really does and
0: I, I want to get your
1: thoughts on that sort of week one game and, and sort of some of the big reasons why you think the Cowboys uh, fell into that 0-1 hole, weren't able to sort of overcome. And I know you, you guys have been talking about that all week on Lockdown Cowboys, but at least for the Lockdown Falcons listeners tuning in today, sort of what were you thinking in terms of the key reasons, the key factors that contributed to that week one loss to the Rams, besides, of course, the blown call on Michael Gallup at the end of the game?
0: Yeah, so that's the, that's the big one. I don't know how much time you want us to spend on the Michael Gallup, uh, Jalen Ramsey play because, uh, we can do a whole show on that if we wanted to, but no, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, what your listeners want to hear. So, um, I think there was this expectation for the Cowboys going into the season and rightfully so that they were going to have an elite offense with all their weapons on the outside, with their offensive line, their quarterback and the running back. Um, I think people were thinking as soon as the season started, the kickoff, this would be a 30, 35-point-a-game offense. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way in the NFL, and especially in, you know, this crazy year with uh, a shortened offseason, no preseason, um, and then going up against a good Rams team that can really get pressure on the quarterback. uh, The Cowboys struggled a little bit, specifically on third downs. Uh, You know, it's it's an offense that's going to take a, a little bit of time to get used to, uh, Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore kind of being unleashed from Jason Garrett. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of the offense's fault. Lyle Collins didn't play in this game. Uh, he's got a hip issue. He's on injured reserve. They started an undrafted free agent right tackle in Terrence Steele. Uh, he struggled. Zach Martin had one of the worst games of his career. Um, so there's a lot of reasons that the Cowboys didn't win this game. I, I think eventually their offense is going to be okay. And this might be the week to get them back on track based off what we both saw uh, from Atlanta's defense in week one.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, this Falcon team, these Dallas teams, they've played each other uh, uh, quite a bit the last couple of years. The last time came coming in 2018, but that was a Jason Garrett led team. And I'm just curious, sort of in your eyes, now that this is the Mike McCarthy era of the Dallas Cowboys. And obviously one game sample size is hard to sort of glean too many strong takes from but sort of what is some of the things that stood out to you, at least in week one, that may be the biggest differences for the 2020 Cowboys versus what the Falcons faced when they last faced mm-hmm. the Cowboys in 2018 and that resulted in the Cowboys win?
0: Yeah, so this is going to be an aggressive team. Now, when you say aggressive, I think people go right to thinking, you know, pass, pass, pass. They're going to be throwing the ball in every first down. That's not necessarily the case. They still want to run the ball quite a bit with Ezekiel Elliott and their offensive line. But what I mean by aggressive is – Anytime they're past the 50-yard line and it's fourth and five, fourth and six, this is going to be a team that goes for it. They're not going to kick field goals unless they absolutely have to. And Sunday night was a perfect example. They had a chance to tie that game late with a short you know, 25, 26-yard field goal. Instead, they went for it on fourth and three from about the five-yard line. They didn't get it. Mike McCarthy got a lot of criticism for that call, uh, but he basically said after the game, hey, it's not going to be the last time we do it. We trust our players. We believe in the long run this helps us win more games. So that's the biggest difference. Under Jason Garrett, there's never a scenario where he ever would have uh, not kicked the field goal there. Uh, McCarthy's going to be aggressive. He, he, wants his, he wants the players to believe in the general philosophy of let's go out and win the game and not uh, – you know, so many coaches want to play not to lose. That's not Mike McCarthy's philosophy. He wants to win games, uh, and it's just a total, you know, 180 from Jason Garrett.
1: Now, the Cowboys, you've mentioned some of the injuries they're dealing with on the offensive line. They suffered a a couple of injuries in that week one game against the Rams, guys like Leighton Vander Esch, Blake Jarwin. I'm curious, sort of, what are the injuries that this team is dealing with that, at least for you, you know, knowing the Cowboys much better than I do or anybody, at least in Lockdown Falcons listening, um, you know, what is this sort of big injury that for you gives you the most pause in this week? two matchup with the Falcons that you feel like could be a vulnerability that the Falcons could potentially exploit.
0: Yeah. It's that Lyle Collins injury on the right side of the offensive line. Um, Terrence Steele was not very good in week one, graded out as pro football Focus's fourth worst tackle in the NFL. Uh, the, the Falcons, as you know, they don't have great edge rushers, uh, but I would say they're above average at the very least, right? Between Dante Fowler and Tag McKinley. Those are guys that can bend around the corner and get, you know, get some pressure. And then with Grady Jarrett in the middle, uh, they do have a pass rush. So uh, we saw last year last week a guy like Ja'Kai Polite, who has been in and out of the league over the last couple of years, uh, he terrorized Terrence Steele on that right side. So uh, the Cowboys, their defense is not going to be great. They're still a ways away. They need their offense to score 28, 30 points a game to win. Um, and if the right tackle spot is a question mark like it was on Sunday night, Uh, They could be in some trouble this week.
1: Now you talk about the defense not being great. And when I'm looking at the Cowboys, you know, I see a back seven that has some question marks. I feel like Mm. if the Falcons can get Matt Ryan, you know, protection that with the weapons like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst, there are some opportunities to exploit some matchups in that game. But I'm wondering, do you have the confidence in this Cowboys front four with guys like Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin and Crawford and Poe and now Alden Smith. Do you feel like that group is good enough to be able to take the pressure off of that back seven and and be able to prevent guys like Julio Jones and, and et cetera, to be able to go off this weekend?
0: It's a great question, Aaron. And it's difficult to answer because of this. Um, when the Rams were in a positive game script, right? When they were winning or when they were ahead of the change chains, uh, chains the Cowboys couldn't do anything in terms of their pass rush. They just, you know, they were off balance. They didn't know whether to try to stop the run or the pass. Uh, But when they got the Rams backed up to third down, third and eight, third and nine, that's when their pass rushers could tee off. And I think against a good offensive line like Atlanta, uh, if the Cowboys can get Matt Ryan in some of those obvious passing situations, I do think they can have success. Uh, But if they're constantly having to worry about the run or they're in second and short, third and short, it could be a problem. Uh, they don't have a player on their team that can cover Calvin Ridley, let alone Julio Jones. Uh, so they're going to have to win with their pass rush, and they're going to have to win on early downs, and they're going to have to force the Falcons into a lot of third downs, and that's going to be a fascinating uh, you know, watch for this defense. Can they get off the field? Can they stop the Falcons' rushing attack on early downs? If the answer is no, they, they could be in for a long day. Well,
1: Marcus, my last question is for you. you you're infamous in, in certain circles of Falcons Twitter because you've been critical <laughs> of the Falcons passing on CeeDee Lamb mm. and taking A.J. Terrell in the first round. Thank you round. again, by the
0: way. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> I, I, You know, for the listeners that are seething, that I'm actually, you know, talking to you with uh, civility, uh, you know, sure. provide some additional thoughts on, on that particular subject and, uh, you know, what do you think that could wind up being impactful because there's the potential that you could see those guys, you know, mm. uh, square up on on Sunday.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, let's go back to the draft a little bit. If C.D. Lamb wasn't available to the Cowboys at 17, A.J. Terrell very likely would have been the pick for Dallas. And a lot of us in Cowboys Nation um, were a little bit down on Terrell, considering some of the inconsistencies we saw at college. Um, you know, so I, for me, it was one of these things where I think Lamb was a Top 10, top 12 talent in this draft. And Terrell maybe was a fringe first rounder to a lot of people on draft board. So, uh, my tweet earlier in this offseason, thanking Atlanta for passing on CeeDee Lamb, uh, didn't necessarily mean that, you know, the Falcons made a massive mistake, which they, they might have, but it's more to do that, that we're just very thankful that Lamb got to the Cowboys. So uh, I think that is going to be an interesting matchup if they go against one another. Uh, I actually think. A.J. Terrell is a pretty good matchup for CeeDee Lamb. He's a long athletic corner. Uh, They can tackle pretty well. I'm hoping we get to see that on Sunday. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know
1: Lamb spent a lot of time in the slot, and, and Terrell's probably not going to play that much in the slot. But I think, you know, the value that the Cowboys have is they have some interchangeable pieces with that wide receiver core where they can move guys around and, and maybe get some favorable matchups for them. So it'll be interesting to sort of see if there's some opportunities for Terrell and Lamb to go toe-to-toe and, and sort of settle the score, uh, at least uh, in in terms of, uh, you know, if A.J. Terrell gets a, a pass breakup on C.D. Hmm. Lamb, Marcus, I'm just going to warn it's you now. It's going to
0: be a rough day on Twitter. I it's can going already to tell a, you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can tell <laughs> That's right. They I'm will, fully
1: expecting it. It's all right. They will come for you. They will come for you. But, uh, guys, uh, that has it for this portion of the uh, Cowboy-centric portion of today's Crossover Thursday. And we will be back with more on this crossover thursday talking a little bit more about the falcons and so i'll hand the reins over to marcus to get his thoughts in and then later on in the episode we'll get some predictions based off of all these opinions and takes that we have on today's episode
0: look guys it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete a stay-at-home parent or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair everyone needs support to make it through the day luckily our friends at cbdmd Have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arkinia and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of tropicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering listeners 25% off your next order with the use of the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code LOCKEDON for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oils from CBDMD. We are back with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons to talk about this intriguing Week Two matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and Atlanta Falcons, in what we're calling a must-win game for both of these teams to avoid that dreaded 0-2 start. Um, Aaron, we got a lot of questions about this team. Um, I want to, I mean, on our Locked On Cowboys podcast, we talk about trench play all the time. Uh, so let's go ahead and start there. You look on paper about the, you know, the Atlanta offensive line. And it's just first-round picks galore with Jake Matthews and James Carpenter and Alex Mack, who is one of the best centers in the league, uh, and then the two guys from the 2019 class. How has this offensive line played so far this season? How did they hold up against Seattle? What are your expectations in this game?
1: They held up really well against Seattle. Um, you know, they had some issues against the Blitz. Uh, you can watch some Jamal Adams highlights to, to see some of those plays. Um, but for the most part, when it came to the sort of straight drop back passing game, they gave Matt Ryan plenty of time to locate his receivers, and he wasn't under too much duress over the course of this game. Um, I think the issue that they're going to have to deal with this upcoming week is, Um, is that they're probably getting a much more effective pass rush from the Dallas Cowboys, who have some proven playmakers like Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lawrence, among others on that front. And you didn't really have that with the Seattle Seahawks, who their top pass rushers are Bruce Irvin and Benson Mayoa. Um, who would most, for the most part, be backups on a lot of teams. I believe yeah. Mayo was even with the Cowboys a couple of years ago. Is that, is it, am I missing? Yeah, that was
0: back in like 2016, 2017 when we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel for pass rushers. But yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a fun time for a Cowboy fan.
1: <laughs> but yeah. So I, I think the matchups are going to be a little bit harder. Um, particularly with a guy like Lawrence going up against McGarry, who's had some struggles with some of the speed rushers. Uh, one of the reasons why the Falcons went out and got Dante Fowler is because Dante Fowler really kind of cooked McGarry in that mm. uh, Falcons Rams game a year ago using his speed rush. You also are dealing with a, a knee injury with Jake Matthews, who was able to gut through it against the Seahawks. But historically speaking, he's had a lot of struggles against Everson Griffin whenever the Falcons have faced the Minnesota Vikings. And if he's dealing with a, you know, a bum leg in this game, even should he play, uh, Um, you know, that's going to be a big issue for the Falcons. So I feel like the Falcons offensive line fared really well against Seattle, but I'm not super confident that they will go into this Dallas game and and, and feel that that sort of confidence that it will carry over into week two.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they hold up because if they can protect Matt Ryan, he should have a field day against the Cowboys secondary. Um, we could talk about their offense all day. Julio Jones, I still think may be the best receiver in football. I don't know how he's still underrated, but somehow he is. I mean, every week you watch him, he's just unbelievable. Uh, But let's talk about the defense because you turn on the tape from last week. uh, Atlanta did a pretty good job of creating pressure on Russell Wilson. It's the rest of the defense that's a little bit of a concern. Talk to me about the secondary uh, and why they struggled so much last week against the Seahawks. Yeah, there was a couple of mental errors
1: on the back end, Um, guys being out of position. There was a, a really critical Uh, defensive pass interference on Ricardo Allen early in the game on the opening drive on a third and 23, which the Falcons should have been able to get a stop, but it didn't wind up putting Seattle in prime scoring position. You had a couple of other breakdowns later in the game that led to some big plays. You saw that highlight real play from DK Metcalf where he scored on a fourth down where the Falcons third-year corner Isaiah Oliver, who had done a pretty decent job you know, going up against Metcalf up to that point in the game showed some bad technique on that game, uh, on that particular play, and and Metcalf just beat him clean for a, you know, a 38-yard score. So it's the ups and downs, I think, of the youth that the Falcons have in the secondary. And unfortunately, they're, you know, Unfortunately, Ricardo Allen, who's sort of their one of their leaders on defense and has been a stabilizing force for them, you know, had some mistakes. Can O'Neill's coming back from an, uh, two consecutive season-ending injuries, and so we haven't quite seen him be the impact enforcer that he has been prior to those injuries quite yet. So you you got a, a lot of young guys that are you know going to have their ups and downs particularly against quality quarterbacks and quality receivers, which they're going to face again this upcoming week against Dallas. And you don't quite have the sort of stability at the safety position that you've had in past years with the Falcons that can sort of make up for that. Um, So they're going to have some ups and downs. and, And similar to the Cowboys situation, I think the Falcons are going to have to find a way to win up front in order to sort of take pressure off of some of those young guys, because I think at times this upcoming weekend, they're going to be a little bit overmatched.
0: Aaron, I want to know a little bit more about Raheem Morris. Uh, he talked about, uh, you know, the Falcons trying to load up to stop the run last week, and that's why they were exposed to the passing game so much. Um, the Cowboys have traditionally been a team uh, with Dak Prescott that has done really well against man coverage. Amari Cooper just kills teams in one-on-one. Uh, but when they're in zone, uh, Dak and the Cowboys have really struggled for whatever reason. Uh, what, can, what kind of defense can we expect from Raheem Morris in week two? And do you see them, you know, trying to still stop the running game first? Or do you think they're going to allow Zeke to run into some light boxes in this contest?
1: Yeah, I I expect the Falcons to have a similar game plan. They, They, you know, last year, Chris Carson killed them when they played the Seahawks. And so that was their priority, number one. And they were hoping that, you know, with the pressure they were able to generate up front, uh, you know, that they would be able to get the Seahawks in some third in unmanageables and be able to get after Russell Wilson. But unfortunately, Russell Wilson just was able to use his Russell Wilson skills mm. and and really sort of light them up, uh, particularly in the second half of the game. It was it was somewhat effective in the first half of the game, and particularly in the second quarter. And I expect a similar game plan. I think you have to sort of come out of here. You can't let Ezekiel Elliott – really you know come at you and and smash you in the mouth and really make the game easy for Dak Prescott you want to get this Cowboys offensive line into some third and unmanageables third and longs where you can pin your ears back where guys like Fowler and Tack McKinley can really get after the quarterback so my expectation is you'll see a similar game plan. you'll see some vanilla sort of looks on early downs um, which the Seahawks were able to uh, uh, exploit a number of times because they actually, you know, hashtag let Russ Cook in this game for the first time in, in three years. Um, and so they were able to exploit that and I think the Cowboys will have an opportunity to do that. And so I think what the Falcons like to do is they like to play that cover three zone on early downs and then when they get into third, third and medium, they're gonna man up guys and unfortunately The the Seahawks were able to take advantage of that uh, uh, too often, and I think the Cowboys will have an opportunity to take advantage, of, and that's why it's really going to come down to uh, that pass rush really winning up front. So I don't think you're going to see a drastic change in the Falcons' game plan. They'll tweak some things. I think they'll do a better job trying to disguise some coverages on those early downs so that it's not so obvious what they're doing, but I think for the most part it's going to be a similar game plan and just boils down to whether those guys can execute.
0: We're here with Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons. Aaron, I got one more question before uh, we move on. Give us one under the radar guy on either offense or defense that could be the difference in this game. Is there somebody that the national media and maybe Cowboy fans aren't quite aware of yet uh, that could be the difference in this game? Mm, You're
1: putting me on the spot here. Um, I don't want to go with something too obvious, but I guess I I don't know how obvious it's going to be. But I think Hayden Hurst, uh, the tight end. That's a good one. Um, I think he has an opportunity particularly with the injuries that the the Cowboys have at the linebacker position and I I felt like Tyler Higby and and some of those guys in week one were able to take advantage of the Cowboys linebackers a little bit. So I feel like while the Cowboys are so focused on Julio Jones, so focused on Calvin, really that's going to give Hayden Hurst some opportunities some one-on-ones where he can be able to take advantage uh, and win some matchups and be able to move the chains. And and potentially if the Falcons can be a little bit more consistent, getting into the red zone, be a definite factor in that red zone. So I think Hayden Hurst has an opportunity. Um, Obviously other guys got to take care of business to give him those opportunities uh, particularly with the offensive line giving Matt Ryan enough time for him to find Hayden Hurst and, and other weapons, but I think Hayden Hurst has an opportunity to, to make some key plays in this game. And you know, may not put up monster production, but you know, could have four or five catches. But if those are four or five catches, you know, on key third downs, those are four or five catches, you know, including a couple of catches in the red zone uh, and, and maybe in the end zone. Uh, you know, he could really have an impact on this game.
0: That's a good name because I don't know if you saw Jalen Smith trying to cover Tyler Higby last week, but uh, that was a mess. And the Cowboys really don't have any answer for uh, tight ends. So, Hayden Hurst, you could have a big game. Uh, We will be right back. We'll make our week two predictions in this big game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays. And you can see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game and every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many, many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL film's archives. Go to nfl.com gamepass Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We are back with Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons in this crossover edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Um, Aaron, it's time to make our week two predictions. Uh, Who do you see winning this game and why?
1: The Falcons have never started off 0-2 under Matt Ryan. Um, You know, all good streaks come to an end at a certain point, but... I've been, I went into the season expecting the Falcons to start the season one-on-one. I thought they would beat the Seahawks. So now I will just shift it and say they'll beat the Cowboys. I think it'll be a close game. I feel like it's going to be like a 27-24 Falcons win, maybe with a, a young Waiku field goal in the end to sort of uh, seal it for them.
0: I'm getting a similar feeling. I I just feel like it's going to take Dallas a little bit of time to to figure out their defense with a new defensive coordinator Mike Nolan, uh, a new head coach and Mike McCarthy. It seems like the teams with the most continuity uh, have done well early in the season. I would not be surprised if that continues into week 2. So, yeah, I'm picking Atlanta. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think I I don't see Atlanta blowing Dallas out. Uh, But, yeah, I'll go 28-24 last possession type of, uh, you know, game in this one. That is it for the Locked On Cowboys slash Locked On Falcons crossover podcast. Uh, Aaron, why don't you tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter?
1: Of course, you guys can find me every day on Locked on Falcons, uh, talking Falcons stuff. And, of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you want to, you know, dunk on me when A.J. Tarot gets beat by, you know, Amari Cooper <laughs> or C.D. Lambie, of course, you can do so on uh, Twitter at fans. That's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S.
0: Yeah, I probably don't need to give my Twitter handle. I think because Cowboys <laughs> fans know it, and I'm pretty sure Falcon fans know it now as well. So uh, it's at Marcus underscore Mosher. You can follow my co-host at McCool BCB. That's Lena McCool. You can follow this show at Locked On Cowboys. Aaron, it was nice talking to you. Uh, enjoy the game. Good luck to your team, and we'll speak soon.
1: Yes, absolutely. Good luck to you, Marcus. We don't. I don't wish 0-2 start for any team. So um, you know, unfortunately somebody, well, maybe not, I guess there could be a tie, but somebody is going to have to start the season 0 and 2. And, um, you know, unfortunately for that person, they're going to have to deal with the, the ramifications. And I don't wish that on you, Marcus, but better you than me.
0: Absolutely. Same goes with you.
1: All right, man.